0: Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage, this is The Brothers Ketchup. It is a weekly podcast where two brothers come together and we catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi, with me as always is my brother. Frankie Biazzi. Let me tell you, Frank, I gotta be honest, Um, I like what we're doing here at The Brothers Ketchup Podcast. I think so too. I would say this is probably the best We've podcast. We've really come into our own. I think so too. I think this is probably the best podcast that I listen to every week. I couldn't tell you that because I've never listened to an episode. But I, I'd i like to
1: imagine. I am I think it's good.
0: Now, to be fair, I don't listen to any other podcasts regularly, aside from our own. I only listen on podcasts. See? Very different. So between the two of us, I think we have a good opinion to say. It's a saying. pretty good podcast. And it's definitely the best podcast that, like, no one knows about.
1: I don't know how you listen to it.
0: How? Yeah. I enjoy our conversations. Yeah, but you like, know the conversation. Legitimately- you're part of it. I, like, we finish recording, I edit the podcast, mm-hmm. and then, like, over the course of the next 24 hours, I listen to it. Yeah. Like, I don't listen to it straight through, usually no, just a little yeah. bit, a couple minutes at a time. But a lot of it I don't even realize you say, and I'm very hypercritical, especially, like, the things I say.
1: See, that's why I can't do it. Like, I hate myself too much to, like, but hear Because I like talk. to
0: hear things, and then I get ideas for what I want to correct or talk about next week. And then you don't even know I'm doing it, but I'll bring up things or say things to, like, make the things I said last week less terrible interesting
1: okay yeah so like when like if, i just think i come off like an asshole the in most ja- for,
0: for example like if the january 6th committee ever calls us in yeah. you know they'll be able to say like oh well on the january 15th episode of your podcast after the insurrection you guys were cheering on all those people but i had already listened to that podcast and i know that the next week i was like fuck those people yeah i wouldn't be able to do that i'd be like i oh, don't know what i said. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never said that. Um, But yeah, so how are you? I'm I'm well, man. I'm just glad we got through a week's worth of the news cycle, and I didn't have to see new pictures of Hunter Biden's penis, which yeah, right? is what we talked about last week. I saw a lot of think pieces, like, let's leave Hunter Biden alone. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay. If you say so. They don't get, like, it's not that Hunter Biden's, like, the president, even though he's very close to the president. It's the fact that, like, it's just... You can't do what he did and not go to jail.
1: I truly don't give a fuck about anything anymore. The think pieces are funny. It's impossible to actually care. I can't believe people really care about anything anymore. How could you? <laughs> everything's everything's a joke. Inflation? Joke. We have all new I sl- learned something about inflation today. Oh, yeah? What is it? And I've done no research into it, so I'm just taking the words of Dave Smith. Okay. And it's not really like... Uh, it's not something that like it's just kind of common sense and it's just like oh, when you hear it, like I probably should have known that before but okay. I never had thought about it we
0: mm-hmm.
1: talking about inflation and how like it mostly benefits the super rich of course yeah because when new money enters the system, it hits their hands first but just because the new money enters the system doesn't mean inflation starts immediately. So they get the money first. They get to now buy products at the old price, and then as the money enters and everything rises, they get to benefit off of it.
0: And it's uh, well, they the value of their assets continue to increase. It's fucked up. Yeah, of course, but that's why like we had the conversation yesterday. Oh, why are you buying guns and shit? Well, it's like physical assets, gold, silver, those types of things, gold, Plus silver,
1: property, stocks. Dude, Klaus is that his name? Klaus, Kla- Klaus Schwab. He has on record said, you will own nothing, and you will like it. Fuck you, I will own whatever I goddamn well please. And you I'll love that. You not to be able to afford it, though. Well, that's their plan. Their plan is for you not to be able to afford <laughs> anything. And right now they're winning, because I really don't <laughs> own anything. So, Goddamn you. Clare. And I don't like it.
0: I don't know where you got that idea from.
1: Yeah, where did he get the like it part of it? Well, because he's. Gonna, would I like? He's
0: this? gonna attach your brain to the meta universe, and you're not gonna. You're just gonna think it's great. People are such morons. Um, I don't look. I don't want to talk about this. All right,
1: good. Want to talk about something? Yes. Okay. Well, did I break this?
0: I don't want to talk about the end, of uh, impending doom every week.
1: I'm fascinated by something. Okay. Every once in a while, on here, we talk about like TV and movies and stuff. Okay. I think there's still always gonna be a part of me. That really loves... Our
0: highest rated episode of all time is entirely devoted to Cats.
1: Is that really our highest rated, or you just said that? There's
0: no individual ratings for our episodes, okay. but I rate it the highest. But like, there's, there's always like a part of me
1: that just loves... Like, I love... We talked about this a couple weeks ago, like how much I love video essays on YouTube.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I'm fascinated by Stranger Things. Okay. I finally finished season four.
0: Very good. Like, What very song good. would... Save you from Vecna. Ooh. Did you watch it? No, I have no idea what okay. that means, but I know that that's okay. a question people are asking. Um. I think it's going to be Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous by Good Charlotte. No. I don't know what it takes to be saved from Vecna by music, so. It just has to like bring you to like a happy memory. Oh, I, why wouldn't that? What about Hoodie Allen? We can go to the night at the Hoodie
1: Allen concert. Yeah, but like I'm trying to think of like a specific song that if I when put on. When our friends were. Oh, I out. know. Well, great. I'm editing now. <laughs> I'm
0: literally editing. Um. I'm literally editing. <laughs> what a happy memory.
1: I think, I would have to go. I think I have two. Okay. I'm either going uh, Band of Horses, Our Swords, which isn't really, like, the happiest of songs, but it gives me really good memory, or, or uh, Chance the Rapper, favorite song. Either of those two songs will work. They'll get me where I need to be. There you go. They'll save me.
0: But anyway. I would do Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Just like start thinking about baseball. Can't kill me now.
1: Um, so yeah, sir, season four came out. And it, first of all, I didn't know season four was out. I had no idea that it's been out for like months. I thought it like just came out. But apparently it was broken up into two parts. Part one had been out. And then they just released part two like last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. So that's why people have been talking about it now. And it's brought up this thing that I can't seem to get past, which is, like, season one of Stranger Things was really good. Okay. It was this really cool new show, refreshing, took a nice spin on, like, the sci-fi horror genre. It's just fun. It was a good show. It was interesting. Good writing, creative. Should have probably just been a one-season show. I don't think the Duffer Brothers, when they created it, I don't think they had plans for other seasons, but the show was a huge success. Netflix wants money. Hey, we need a second
0: season. All right. Have you second heard season's the, up. the conspiracy fan theory about how the series ends? No. That you're wrong. They that had the plan for no multiple way. seasons. I think not like the details of multiple seasons, but they do know that the, at the end there'll be the final scenes will be from se- essentially stuff they shot while the kids were young during season one and it'll just be the end of their long D&D campaign that they Oh, so I've,
1: I've heard that and they can't do that. <laughs> It'll make sense and I won't hate it but you can't do it.
0: I mean, if they really do have footage of the kids playing D&D that they're just going to it be, cool, there, be but fun. it like, be like, oh, remember when they were little? But it's
1: stupid. Like, why would where does Max come from? Like, th- is she just her, like a friend? Like, is she a real house. friend? Or
0: is she like No, she's invented for the game. So it's crazy. <laughs> but like,
1: Season... When season two came out, like, I was excited because I really liked season one. Like, season two sucked. Like, that season wasn't... Like, I didn't enjoy it. Like, Do do
0: we have any clarity on, like, Elle's sister? Like, that whole story? No. Like, Like, it was just
1: that one... Those weird couple episodes in season two. And then they never went back to that. And that season was basically just season
0: one all over again and it just was worse. I really don't remember very much of the details from two and three which is interesting.
1: Now three, I personally like the season from like an aspect of Three like, is Billy. Yes. But he's he in, was a pretty good season. He's in season two. but So like season three is like from a story narrative standpoint it's got tons
0: of holes. It's The writing gets a little wonky. Wait, what's the season where Winona Ryder's new boyfriend Bob that's season
1: that's season, season up two that's
0: season two I didn't mind that season then they have to reclose the portal yeah that they was just, open like, at the basement one. of the building yeah. the Russians were trying knew it was open yeah they were trying to exploit it well that's season three
1: season three but see how you're getting confused with all the scenes because it's, it's the, all the same together, show because yeah. it's the same show just over and over and like like, I like season three, but there's a lot of parts of season three that I think is, like, really bad and, like, really... Like, there's so many characters, and I've watched a lot of videos on people who, like, talk, like, say, like, what are we doing? Like, why did this show... How did the show get so bad? I- but then season four comes out,
0: and it's really good. My problem with Stranger Things is that it draws too heavily on the episode in the X-Files where they... Where the one kid is the master of the arcade and uh, can control lightning to kill his enemies. Not that Stranger Things is all that similar in narrative. It's
1: just one (laughs) D&D campaign and then it's
0: the exact same. But but when you watch that episode of X-Files, I'm telling you, visually, you're like, is this Stranger Things? No, it's X-Files. Not 20 years ago. But what I like a lot about Stranger Things is the visual component of the show. like The thematic ways in which they tell the story, but through the the time piece aspects yeah. through the so, like each season season one two and three have like sort of different video game themes going on For like, sure. season one is all D D, yes but season two is almost like atari and season i can't remember what i thought about season three but there's a narrative or like well arcades. season well season three
1: really plays like the russia thing further than season one and two so like season three i think you get just like a an 80s like it's supposed to be like 80s action corny like almost like Die Hard, where, like, they're fighting the big bad Russian, you know? And then season four takes, like, a huge, like, turn into horror. But season four is, like, I think really good. I still don't know if it's as good as one, but it's a really good season. All of a sudden, it completely kind of changes the story, and it kind of starts tying everything together. And I think that's like all retcon. Like I don't think that was planned, but I think it kind of has fallen into place, and they can do it. But it's led me to this question, which is like, it's a four season show where two seasons pretty bad reviews, with two seasons that have really good reviews. Is it considered a great show at this point, or does it have to do the last season well?
0: No, it's one of the better shows that's currently airing, but I don't think it's like a.
1: It's not a great, right?
0: For like a great show.
1: But what if season five is, like, another strong season? Could, I think then it could I think get, then it, it might... It might
0: get itself in the conversation, but it's I don't think it'll ever be, like... It's not going to be The Sopranos or something. Like, it's going to be... But it's, it its just... Own thing. It's
1: weird. Like, I just don't know many shows that, like, had such a strong start... I don't know. Think about, like, the Daredevil show. Middled, and then, like, all of a sudden found its footing again.
0: I don't think it was... I don't think season two and three were that bad where it's, like... Where the... I think that's kind of the era in television we are, where this is like a. It's like maybe the first streaming service show that you can put in the category of some of the great TV shows. You know, like it, it separates itself in that way. But I still don't know. Like, it's not going to ever be, in my opinion, like. Considered some groundbreaking best television of all time. But I think it's a different category. Like, it's probably going to be like. Could be one of the best streaming shows so far. I think it is already. So there's a lot of room for it to make itself, to put itself head and shoulders above other things in its category, which is like shows in this era of television where things come out in big blocks of entertainment that you consume in binge sprees and the stories reflect that. And I think that's more what it is. Plus, the budget that Netflix have been able to throw at it compared to like a lot of their other streaming shows. Like, because Netflix likes to throw a lot of money. At a lot of different things, but then like move that money around. Like it doesn't commit yeah. to a lot of ideas long term. But it's the first show that kind of made Netflix do that. Maybe not the first. Not but, the like, first, the biggest it name. it was maybe? Like, probably like the biggest one. So in I mean, Stranger things is huge. Yeah. In those regards, like strange things is you have to give it that kind of credit. Like it's as good as it's ever been on Netflix. So how come, how come you haven't watched season four? Uh, are you gonna watch it, or are you
1: just kind of like, it just is it's really hard for me you. to
0: want to watch new things. Seems like a problem. Like, I'd rather just like watch my YouTube videos. Like, like for example, the baby went to bed last night, and I was in the living room for like four hours. You were without...
1: on your phone watching different shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I didn't put but on a show.
1: I think that right there, though. Probably scares the shit out of like creators. I mean, in, it's like, good. Like, I have no, space. I
0: have no, and like, I was an entertainment type person. Like, I like shows yeah. for a long time and like movies and stuff. But like, nowadays, I'll put on a movie still every once in a while.
1: Well, I look at it, like I don't, I used to love movies. I don't really watch a ton of movies anymore. And I don't even watch a ton of shows. I just watch the few shows that I know
0: I like. Well, I have to prepare myself for the coming con for the coming conflicts. I can't be watering down my brain. With no, see, Hollywood I think propaganda.
1: I think that's why you need to get off. Of it. I think you need to get back into stuff. I yeah, think you I'm into plenty of stuff. No, I think you spend
0: too much time preparing. Yeah, I think you got to worry. I think about you your be less shit. prepared. I've been playing guitar more. That's good. I've been. Playing more disc golf, I come in here and and. Have you? I feel like you haven't been playing. Well, I haven't gotten out to the course because I haven't had time. But I mean, I just come in here and we I. I gotta,
1: gotta get out there.
0: I put gotta get I on the links. Out in the front yard. Can you call a disc golf course the links? I don't know, but what I'm saying is like I just don't have room in my life to like sit down and binge watch ten hours of TV. I'd rather do other things most of the time. But you don't have to binge watch, binge watch it, but if I. But just to put it on to watch one episode. Like, I have to sit down and I want to be watching just that show. Like, it's never what I want to do. Like, I'd rather watch baseball or put on Tucker or go outside. I want to walk, water my lawn. You know, all the other things that I have to do. And then when the time comes where it's like, okay, the options are going to be, like, I could watch a TV show. Or I could play a little bit of Nintendo before I go to bed. Or those things, like, usually I don't choose to start the new television show. I did it with, um severance and like i watched that and like once i started like i wanted to get to the end of it but then when i got to the end of it it's not like i was like all right now what i want to watch was like all right that's over so like interesting hey teach their own i guess i don't know so like i am i do like stranger things and i will probably watch it at some point but i just don't have any rush to do it sometimes like squid games i like, watch that i haven't watched Squid games
1: I watched the first two episodes, and everyone talked about how good that show was. It was pretty good. Couldn't be that good. I got two episodes in and went, nah, eh, I don't have any desire to finish this.
0: It's like, I don't like, I, I have we talked about that? Did we talk about that when it was on? I think on? so,
1: when it first came out. I there was something weird going on with the propaganda about like propaganda Yeah, yeah, about yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's exactly what you said. It was like a soft disclosure show. Yeah. Like, this is really happening. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, by the way, uh, when you find out about this, we've remember been, Squid Game? We've been <laughs> doing this, just so you're all aware. It's like, you know, you like murder porn, so you liked it when it was a TV show, you don't like it when it's real? Do you think there's anything weird behind true crime? Like the
1: show True Crime? No, no, just like the genre, the theme? hard-on that people have for true crime these days.
0: I think it's indicative of the psychological damage we've done to, like, especially young women, but just young people in general. It's mostly women,
1: dude. Yeah. Why do young women
0: love true crime? It's not that they love true crime. It's that they're, they live their lives in fear. So, because you live your life in fear, you want... you They're constantly worried about rape and murder.
1: Which is why I think women love SVU. Yeah. I think they like believing in a system with justice. They want to
0: know that there are people out there protecting them yeah. from
1: being raped and murdered
0: by the yeah, scary yeah. things. What they don't want to have to... Un- what they don't want to have Is to... That it's on, it's like on your Things own. are so bad here that the scary things are actually... No, there's no one in control of the scary things. And the less control people have of the scary things, the more scary things are coming. Like, in reality, the people who you watch these true crime shows to, like, give yourself the closure of these unsolved mysteries and, like... A lot of them are just fascinating. Like, murders are interesting. What it takes for someone to, like, snap and to do something. Or, like, to cover up their tracks. And who can get away with it and who can't. So it's interesting. Like, I like forensic files, too. But the obsession comes from this idea that, like, you can have control over it. And then, like, you... Maybe maybe I should give them a little more credit and be like, like, okay, maybe it's not like they want someone else to be in control of it. Maybe it feels like they're informing themselves. Like, giving themselves something they can look for to help protect themselves. And, like... Understanding what happened to other people, but I think that's part of it. I think our just cult its just another sign that our culture when, is like um, obsessed with violence and death.
1: If I was a dictator and like a fascist dictator, I was like just banning shit and making things whatever I wanted. I think I would ban true crime.
0: <laughs> no, I think it's good. That's a good so genre.
1: I when I was doing my therapy for my anxiety a couple yeah. years ago, you
0: think it gives you anxiety?
1: I. Trace, it definitely gives people English. I trace back my anxiety to like being a kid watching forensic files, like me, me and you going to Nanny's house. Being afraid of forensic files. And like go like not being able to sleep those nights. And like I and like I didn't know that's where it came from, like, through therapy, and like and I'm talking about it, and like she's like, How old were you? And I was like, I don't know, like maybe like four.
0: five, six, <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe four. And she's like, and you have that vivid of memories of episodes? And I'm like, Yeah, like that shit stuck with me. And she was like, Huh. <laughs> Seem- that might be a problem. I was like, yeah, probably. Damn. I know. So, like, for me,
0: I'm not a big true I'm crime person. I'm personally against true crime. No, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's like murder porn. It is.
1: But it's the same thing, like, people who, like, love the weather channel when, like, storms come on. Yeah. That's just weather porn.
0: I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the U.S. and so we were talking about. Uh, I don't know. We've mentioned the economy for a minute before, and I was watching this thing over the week. Of uh, someone was trying to explain why the pr- the real problem with the economy right now in our in the Fed and like what we've kind of put ourselves into. And we talk often about like, oh, the Fed's bad or like the economic system's rigged and broken. But I'm not an economist. And ultimately, like, I'm a, I'm a moron. We say it all the time. Like, don't listen to this podcast to try and inform yourselves. It's entertainment. Uh, so I guess I don't really understand the mechanics of it, you know? But I was watching this guy, like, explain, like, here's what's the core issue. It's like, you can raise the interest rate to help curtail inflation. And normally... That's what we do. And ultimately what happens is inflation will come under control and it's fine. But we've had so many years of like quantitative easing and low interest rates, like very, very low interest rates. And in that time, the United States, and not just the United States, like it's all Western nations, have run up such a high debt. And the debt is primarily held in China, but it's all over the place. So now the Fed is in this position where they have to raise interest rates To fight inflation and they already have a lot like interest rates are now like approaching 10. the problem is when you raise interest rates the interest on debt increases and when interest on debt increases it gets more expensive to pay your debt and the United States but Western countries in general cannot just automatically afford to keep up there are debt payments with the interest rate hikes. So like the Fed doesn't can't unlimited raise interest rates just until inflation stops. So what happens is what they were explaining it as it's like it's the opposite of like I forget what it was called, like an inverse oscillation cycle. Or maybe we're in the inverse oscillation cycle. So think of it like big wave. So when inflation is high raise interest rates so then the results so now everything drops because you raise the inflation rate but eventually you hit this bottom so you have to so the inflation hits again but then it gets smaller and smaller as you raise interest rates until you finally don't have to raise interest rates because you have cut inflation that's normally what would happen but we're kind of doing it the opposite where like inflation started and we were printing money and then we raised the interest rates and inflation slowed but we had to keep printing money, so inflation grew. And we raised the interest rates more, so inflation dropped, but it's getting bigger instead of getting smaller. So we're in an inverse. And they equated it to like throwing a brick or a shoe or like something heavy in like a washing machine. It's like the machine is when there's balance, is going to run perfectly. Yeah. You can put anything. The machine in is that. just doing what it's doing. Yeah. But we essentially put a brick in our washing machine and what eventually is going to happen is it's going to keep spinning until it tears itself apart well what's fundamentally the, the high interest rates
1: is that what they're saying no the, the brick, brick
0: was like printing money covid spending essentially but like more than that it's like the 30 years of just is everything it's the fed keeping the interest rates low it's the printing of the money it's the it feels economy. to me
1: it feels to me like less of just putting a brick in and more like you haven't taken anything out. Like, you've just been putting more and more stuff into your dryer. And eventually, your dryer just has too much in it, and it's going to fall off balance. Yeah. So it's pretty fascinating. But, well, like, it's again, interesting.
0: I don't know anything about it. I just was watching this thing and relaying this information secondhand poorly. But I think it's funny and interesting, interesting to think about how, like... So what's the answer? Well, the answer is, like, this is not a usual debt cycle. Like, we're not in a normal... We can't just sit here and sit... Be like, oh, you know what's gonna happen. Well, doesn't it not feel normal? Yeah. Like, think about,
1: and listen. I'm gonna be talking way out of my depths here. I know nothing, but like, I I don't know historical economic trends. I have no idea. I don't know how often you're supposed to feel these huge inflations or like recessions looming, but like, it just happened in 2009. This feels
0: a little close for it to like be happening again worse possibly but after 2009 happened we all said that like we didn't really fix anything you know we knew that there was going to be a bigger crash and what's eventually going to happen i think when we zoom out with a bigger big enough perspective is 2009 to 2022 are going to be one event instead of like many different events you know
1: could be so i mean like i just don't like, nothing about this feels normal. And I don't know if like maybe I just think that though because to me well they were nothing has felt real yeah. since like 2016. So since it's like 2012. So it's like, well, if you lie about the presidency, if you lie about this that everything else like I'm like what why should I believe if we all Anything about the economy killing yeah, yeah like it's all—it's like, all, all just kind of like, like whatever. It almost just feels like to bring it back to like D and D. It almost feels like they're the—they're running the game. They're the master. They're the, the game rules master. doesn't matter. So like, but I—I I don't have a choice. Like I'm—I have to play the game. I don't want to play just the stuck game. stuck in the state. But I—I'm I'm playing the game. So unfortunately, every time they change the rules or make a new uh, addition.
0: I just like, okay. I'll figure it out, I guess. Thanks. Thanks there, Klaus. Um, Yeah. The economic self-destruction that we've kind of watched is uh, bizarre. But all of it. I mean, all of it. Like, from COVID to everything. And it happens so fast. Like, the whole, like, all the... Have you seen any of the data... Of um, like excess deaths in the world, have you heard anyone yeah, talking about
1: we, that? Yeah, yeah, we've been ta- we've we're listening to it. I said on the podcast a couple weeks ago about that guy, that scientist who's like there's predicting seven, yeah, the 700 seven million.
0: million. Well, there's like all this. Inf- there's all these people in the UK who are saying like they're thirteen thousand. There's a thirteen thousand number increase in the number of children above excess mortality. And it's like something like 136% year over year. And there's no excuse for it. Like it's not COVID. And they're just calling it like... Medical death syndrome. And it's like, if you suggest that, maybe the vaccine program. But at the same exact but time... But maybe,
1: maybe it isn't... I mean, maybe the vaccine is part of it. Maybe it's just like... We've never done this before. We don't know like how... down people. Or, we don't know how a society reacts... When you take away everything from them for a year plus. And
0: then make them poor.
1: Yeah. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into it.
0: But 10 to 14 year olds?
1: How many people are just not going to doctors? How many people are dying from the vaccine that we're not talking about? Like, there's so many things that could be contributing to it. Uh, and it's all bad. Like, none of it's good. None of it's just like... I don't think there's a... A reason that doesn't have... Did you look at that behind your shoulder? Um, <laughs> the way you had to turn around there is yeah, hilarious. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I don't know. I just think... It almost feels like a cop-out to always just blame
0: the government. But, like, who else am I going to blame? But, you know what's the most disheartening thing, too? Uh, I watched a lot of... Uh, commentary from the left. And the way they talk about people like us and how we believe the government is like we want nothing to do with the government. They think we're the dumbest assholes. <laughs> That's fine. Not that yeah. we care. Yeah, like but it's I just sad like why don't you understand you you would think that at least like they get it. Like we just don't don't want anything to do with you.
1: Well, there's that person you like tagged me in on Twitter. He's like it like basically thinks if you're uh, libertarian economist, you're subhuman. It's like, well, maybe your thought process is what's broken.
0: But I think that comes more from, like, the people who treat communists like that. So I think there's just, like, a lot of bitter communists online who, like, want to give it back to people they view. They see libertarians as the people who think communists are subhuman. But it's crazy that, like, libertarians are, like, your, you're mad your, your issue. Because it's really not libertarians who would ever say that a communist should die. Like, we don't give a shit. We just don't want to be in communist society. And I'm not a libertarian. Well, that's what I was going to say. So you're calling yourself a libertarian, which you've oh, stated many times get, you're not. I just get lumped in with it. I'm more anarchist, but I'm not even that. You're a naturalist. I just wish humans could go back to before we discovered language. And fire. I'm a primitivist. Do you think...
1: Do you think that, like, something like Stranger Things is real? Like, is there a laboratory out there that's, like, trying to get
0: kids to hone their superpowers? Are you asking me if I think that that's real? Is that really what you're asking me?
1: Yeah, kind of. You'd have to guess with my
0: answer to that question. I would guess, like, yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't that be real? It didn't take Stranger Things for me to start conceiving of the government laboratory where there's... Wait, like... Here's what I think. Here's what I'm worried is real. I'm worried that there are generations and in like maybe the millions of people human beings that have no birth certificates, that have no fingerprint records, that have no familial history at all they're just literally like lab rats bred in underground laboratories in government facilities and not just the United States government, just like government facilities. I'm worried there are millions of people like that who don't even have names, who don't even have rights who are being bred and interspliced with other species, like human-animal hybrid type shit, too. Like, I believe that shit happens, so, like... I'm, um, now sorry I asked the question. Yeah, exactly. I don't want that answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that answer. You're like, do you think there are kids because being my, experimented on? Because my brain
1: has never went there. <laughs> now that's all I'm going to be able to think of. <laughs> it's just, like, farms of
0: people. That are, like, they're people, but, like... They're lab kind people. ...kind and not people... Well, they do it with we just know they do it with mice, chimps, dogs. Yeah, hey, why wouldn't they do it with people? Think about what we know they do with dogs. The Fauci fucking fly think face about what experiment. We know, think about what we know that they've done with people. And think about what we know what they do with kids, like the Epstein Island shit. They traffic them for sex. Why wouldn't science traffic them for experimentation?
1: We have to end this podcast. <laughs> I can't like, kill myself, and I don't mean like end this episode. I mean burn this computer. I don't want to come back here next week. I'm done. This is the last episode. We had a good run. I enjoyed our time podcasting. <laughs> we started this episode by being like,
0: this is a good podcast. No, it's not. It's over. We were wrong. It was so dark. Alright, see you later. I feel like I need to shower. <laughs>
1: Welcome to After The Squirt Sports. I'm Frankie. That's Sal.
0: And the first half
1: of baseball is complete. How are we feeling?
0: Well, it's been, a, it's been complete for a while.
1: Nope. As of yesterday.
0: Oh, we've already played... 80, we've, we're well past 81 games. Sure,
1: but... You know, instead of being focusing on the semantics, let's focus on that we're at the all star break. We've made it to the break. How do we feel about the first half
0: of the season? The first half in like seven games. Half in a week. Sure. Oh, that was great. Do you remember the first 11 days of the season?
1: I was ready to kill everybody (laughs) because it was like the same team as last year because they were what, seven and six? Something like that. And it was like, oh no, not this shit again. They weren't hitting. And then they were like, no, nah, we're going to be the best team in baseball for the next, like, 50 games. Then they kind of came back to earth a little bit in the last couple weeks. But
0: overall, really, really strong start to the season. But well, you don't even, the, people listening don't even know what team you're talking about. You're a terrible host. Thanks. Really appreciate that. I'm just letting you know. You want to do it? No, well, you're the sports host.
1: Talking about the Yankees. Who else would I be talking to about? Oh, no, there's 30, The fucking Mets. They're there's garbage. 32
0: MLB teams. Asterisk coming. Talking about the Yankees. Where do you think the two new baseball teams are going to be? Um, I know we. Th- I think we both agree Las Vegas is one. They're probably. I don't know. I don't know if they'll add a team to
1: Las Vegas because move, like, I n- think they're going to move Las either Vegas? like the Rays or the A's
0: or the Angels
1: to Vegas and then add two teams somewhere. If I was MLB, I would move the Rays and the A's. I would move both of them. I'd move the Rays out out of St. Pete. I'd still keep them in Florida. That's fine, but I'd move them out of St. Pete. Give them a new stadium, put them somewhere like the on the Orlando I-4 Rays. corridor. Let them be like you, halfway I I'd, I don't I put them literally Rays. right on I-4 in between Orlando and Tampa. Have fun.
0: Um, a real stadium that's easy yeah, to get to. Six stadium. It's beautiful. Yeah. It has outside capability.
1: I don't know why that's so hard, but whatever. <laughs> then I I don't want to see a team get put in Montreal, I do. but I think they're going to put a team in Montreal. They should. The reason why I don't want that is because I think they're just better cities that, if we really want to grow the game, putting a team in Montreal isn't how but you Montreal
0: do it. Montreal is a great baseball city. They love that team, and they still love that team. Then why'd that team go away? Well, same reason why the same reason why the A's are going to lose it. Same reason why... After the strike, Montreal never came back. That stadium was in disrepair. They wanted a new place. They couldn't get a new place. It was easier to move to Tampa where there was a new stadium ready to go. I think you got to put a couple teams
1: middle of, of the country. Point. How there's no baseball in the middle of the country is nuts to like me. Like
0: Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, Montana somewhere mm-hmm. in the mountain state region. Yeah, have to.
1: Get... have to. I
0: there's put I put people out there. I'd put 10 teams. I'd make a whole new division for each league. They should use the Field of Dream field and put a major league team. That'd be sick. Just in the Field of Dream too. But like, why not like
1: Omaha? Home of College Baseball World Series. Why don't they have a team? In Nebraska. They clearly love baseball. Mississippi.
0: Well, not a coastal team.
1: Mississippi. They don't Mississippi State and Ole Miss won the World Series College World Series back-to-back. They love college baseball. Why don't they have a baseball team? It's just missed opportunity. But what they'll probably do is either put a team in Montreal or Portland or Nashville. I don't know if they think that
0: there's like a population center Big enough? close enough that can fill a stadium consistently. But I think, I, but I think that gets thrown out the window when you do have teams like Tampa and Cincinnati and they can't fill a stadium. <laughs> they They're garbage. And like even though Cincinnati probably could fill the stadium, it's just like they don't have a team. So like, if your team is good, you can fill a stadium. Yeah. Um, well Portland Well that's what I think. I think Portland and Nashville what about the Texas cities that don't have that don't have baseball?
1: No I'm tired of Texas. They got enough. Houston and Arlington They're so big it, it's tough for me to think that they deserve more teams though Well Austin. Why? I don't know They've got Texas <laughs> University. Or University of Texas, like, they're fine.
0: You say the thing with Ole Miss. Yeah, but they have
1: professional sports teams in the state. <laughs> Mississippi's got nothing. What about
0: Oklahoma? You call them the Tornadoes.
1: Oklahoma would be a sick baseball city. Where do you put it, though? You I know? would
0: go in the middle of te- the Tornado Valley and call a team the Tornadoes. That'd be awesome. Dude, what, their stadium every couple just, years
1: just gets destroyed?
0: I think relegation is the way they should do it and bring up two minor league teams.
1: That's honestly, I think the best way. Considering baseball already has the structure in make place, make the
0: Lakewood Blue Claws a professional team. I know they're single A and they're not very good, but still.
1: But you should. They should a have a path. Plan. They should have a path to the MLB.
0: MLB has the structure. We've talked about it before. Um, it would change things because you. It would change how you keep your players. Oh because yeah. Because because the. MLB minor league is developmental first. It changes that. So, like, if you're giving them a path to the MLB, most minor league teams, then be, instead of being developmental teams, they
1: win. They're trying to win games, yeah. and
0: that. So, you kind of have to take the minor league teams away from the organization somehow, while letting them retain well, their rights to the players.
1: I could be very wrong about this, but obviously, the minor league teams are affiliates, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Blue Claws in Blue Lakewood, Belt, New Jersey, yeah, yeah. are an affiliate of the Phillies, but. The owners of the Blue Claws are independent owners. They don't have anything to do with the Phillies. Yes. So, I don't know. I feel like there's a way to just kind of... But, I think... I don't know. But then how do you pull up players to the major leagues, you know?
0: Yeah, it's almost like... It's like all the th- if all the teams remained with the organizations, but the AAA level was your... Only the AAA could really make it to the could be relegated. Mm-hmm. You can't really... And then you leave single and double A as your real developmental leagues. But any player that you put on the triple A roster... And there should be incentive for, like, the major league team if your triple A team gets pulled up. Like, because in theory that means you're losing a whole level of your minor league system because they're also going to become a professional team. Unless... Unless there's some way that you... Triple A is no longer, like... But, like, if, if when... The Triple A Yankees become a major league team. The team that goes down then has to become the Yankees minor league team. So it's like the Rays that all of a sudden Correct. Austin Austin Meadows is in the Yankees like.
1: Well, Austin Meadows is not on the Rays, but oh,
0: it's just an example. But yeah, yeah, no. Low, Brendan Low. All of a sudden, he's the Yankees like <laughs> they could call him up to the Yankees roster. Our top prospect. Um,
1: I did want to talk about something interesting. Okay. So, it's a two-part question. Question one is, do you want to either trade or sign, depending on the timeline here, for Juan Soto? Okay. And is there a way to get him on this team without losing Aaron Judge?
0: No and no. Also, the fifteen million four dollars deal that he turned down is absolutely insane.
1: I don't know it is. They underpaid him. They were offering him 29 a year. It was the same thing the judge was offered. And the judge was like, no, fuck that. You guys on drugs? Sure, there's a, a ton of years, but like... Sum. Why would you take it?
0: I'd rather get more a year.
1: Yeah. He's going to make as much as he can in ARB the next two years. Then he gets to go be a free agent. where he's going to still get a 13-year 13 mil- 13 deal. You wouldn't want him on the Yankees in any capacity?
0: Anything that would mean we have to move on from Judge, I don't like. like Correct. I I'd I'd love the one you're with right now with Judge. I agree.
1: However, I actually do think that there's a path to having them both on this team.
0: Yeah, but does Cashman think that?
1: No, I'm scared Cashman is going to let Judge walk because he thinks he can just sign Soto in two years.
0: Cashman's letting Judge walk anyway. <laughs> With or without Soto?
1: I don't know. You need one of them. If Judge leaves, Soto better be a Yankee. But I do think you can get both. I think you can put together a trade that involves... Unfortunately, it's going to be every one of your prospects, but that's fine. I don't give a fuck about the prospects if it's Juan Soto. And you got to give up Major League talent as well. So you're probably giving up Glaber. So you give him Glaber. Then you give them Dominguez, Volpe, Peraza, Flo- whoever else they want. Doesn't matter. You have give them the pick of the litter, and then that way you bring Soto in. You have two years to pay him. You sign Judge long term, and then when Soto hits free agency, then you gotta, then you gotta pay up.
0: Yikes! I don't think it's worth it right now. I think you're fine. Maybe. I don't think there's anyone. The the reason why I wouldn't. I don't think there's anyone out there who really could bring him in right now. Realistically, no. So, like, I'm not... The package for him is insane. I know I'm the only team who, if I want him, can reasonably just go out there and do it without well, I hesitating. Mean, and I would I just true. I think there are other teams that
1: could. Really, though? Like the Dodgers. Like I think they, the Dodgers... The
0: Dodgers can. Why not? How could they? They give up everyone in their farms. They have a great farm system. I don't think so. The Dodgers are set. Like the Dodgers signing Freddie Freeman was the Dodgers. Sure, but set. like we're that's there what I need pitching soon. Not
1: really. They've they have a great pitching staff. They've Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin. They I think that, like we're talking but it's about, the same, but, but it's we're same. talking about Juan Soto. We're not talking about just like a good player. But this is
0: what I'm saying too. If we're talking about Juan Soto, so. We've just gone through, like, three or four years where the te- the big teams in this league have started to really solidify their rosters and gone out of their way. And what happened is a bunch of other teams went out of their way to try and accommodate as well. So, like, I'm looking at, like, the Phillies or the Mets, uh, teams that weren't over the last, like, Los Angeles... The Rangers. Angels run, yeah. Yeah. So, there's only really right now... Two or three powerhouse teams in this league. It's the sure. Dodgers. It's the Houston Astros. Is us. It's the Yankees.
1: Yeah, but the Astros, I you gotta kind of count them. They've never. They're not a. They're not doing one. They're, they're not the spenders. No. They're like the we develop with them. We have a great structure. We're
0: a good team. And that's what I think too. And the Dodgers are the really only other team who could go out of their way to add that kind of that kind of player. Like if you're trading everyone for so, everybody you're also doing you need that to, contract and also well. And like what the Twins because they just no. did it with Korea? Like I don't no, think they, they can't. could do it again. The Rangers are team but that also, in the past could you bust gotta that think, out, but they're not good enough. You gotta think
1: if you're gonna be if you're making this trade, if you're a team that wants to make a trade like this, you kinda have to be like, well like This trade is to win now. Yeah. Like, you have to win with him. And then build around him. And then build around him for the next couple years.
0: And there's not many teams in that kind of position. No. agree. Really, I only come to three. And you said the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are definitely up there. But I don't think even that's really reasonable when you actually look at their roster. They have players all over that team. Like, Juan Soto makes them better. But long term, I think they probably have plans that don't necessarily include Juan Soto like we do. Like... What about a team like um, the Mets are the only other team? They're what
1: about like, a team like so? That's what I was saying. It's like only the Mets. Team. What about like the Blue Jays?
0: They've they made a ton made of sense, but they they've made
1: a ton of moves. They're they've missing never, that never,
0: ever, ever, ever in their history shown that they could have that kind of confidence. I also don't know team. what their farm system looks like. I don't know if it's good. Yeah, well, I'm not even thinking about the trade. I'm just thinking about like if you're going to get him in a trade. Let's say they could. Every team in the MLB is capable of trading for him. Okay, you're only making that trade if you're going to then add him to your team with the contract that Soto wants long-term. I don't think anyone's trading for the two years. Everyone's well, going to want... Well, that's what... I think you almost could, though. That's where
1: I think the Yankees could make a play where it's like, how confident are you that, like, judges your long-term piece, so for the next two and a half years, you bring Soto in for this championship run that you're on, and then you still have two more years with him to try to get something done. And you don't have to worry about the long term contract and you let him walk.
0: Because if you win the World Series with him, and if you're as good as you think you'd be with him, then you'll never be able to justify to the fans Dude, you, not resigning. Could him. you imagine
1: him though in this in that stadium? He's I mean, it'd be great. He's so
0: good. But that's why it doesn't make sense for the Nationals to let him go. Well in a trade you mean? Yeah, period. Yeah, I agree. The Nats are the best team for Soto. Um not for Soto. I'm see, well, in terms of the roster complexion and capability of like keeping him on the team. Like, they have a bare bones roster right now. He's a young kid. Soto doesn't want to be on a bare bones roster though. He's already got a World Series. He wants to win. I would imagine. He's. I mean, Washington's a team that built you and developed you. There's he's already.
1: Fan- he's already having a down year because of the fact that there's no one on that team and they can just walk him every bat. So the dude gets nothing to hit and just walks like three times a game.
0: I mean that's not. That's not necessarily going to change if you're It changes other it. than the Yankees or the Dodgers. Well, that's what I'm saying. It changes if he's a Yankee. I mean, how many teams every year trade for a big guy and still suck? Like, it's not, it's not a guarantee you're going to be good. It has to be one of those teams that I'm talking about, like, that are in the next level. So if I'm Soto, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, look, I'll just see. I'll let it play out. But if I'm the Correct. Nationals, all I'm saying is, like, why would we let him go? Like, what? I don't know if the Nationals really... a poorly run team. I don't know if the Nationals really want them. You just don't think, think that they can bring them back?
1: I mean, I think they can. Anyone can if you if the dollar amounts there. But, like, I don't necessarily think the, the Nationals want to. You know? I don't know
0: what they want to do then.
1: The Nationals offer them 15 years, 440, because they think, hey, that's a really good deal. We're giving it to you. And then when they try, they're trying to sell the team, and they get to sell it with the package of, like, there's a star on your team that's locked up. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know either. But it's it's interesting. I think it's an interesting thought. I don't think he'll get traded this year, maybe in the offseason, maybe next deadline, but the nationals aren't don't have to do anything. They could hold him and see what happens. So that thing is just an interesting thing to think about. When someone like that all of a sudden becomes like Hey, like you could trade for him. The Nationals are gonna open up discussions. Does he scare you if he winds up on the Red Sox? Him endeavors back-to-back.
0: Yeah, I just don't think... Maybe. I mean, the Red Sox could... That's something that they could do. Like, at least it's in their track record where they could go out and make that kind of splash. But I don't think the Red Sox... Like, the Red Sox are kind of an interesting roster right now, too. Like They have no pitching? No pitching. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you do with... Who are you trading? To get I don't know. Soto. I have no idea
1: what their farm system is like. I think their farm system is like middle, middle of the pack. I don't think it's like top. So, like, that's I, the other thing. Like, you're going to give up. Like,
0: it's you're not. you giving up your future. It's also you're not. Soto your future. So, like, if you bring Soto in there, like, where's
1: Soto going to play? But it's also probably part of your now, too. Like, I don't think you can trade for Soto with just prospects. Like, I think you're giving up someone on your team already. I don't even. Like, even if you're the Dodgers. You're probably giving up someone who's on your team currently who's helping you be who you are. And that's always a tough ask.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he goes. Yeah. I don't think he gets traded this season. I don't think so either. I think it's too hard. Agree. If he does, and that's like the opposite. Like, I would say if he does, it's probably going to be the Mets because the Mets are fucking crazy. But but they're not going to trade him in division to the Mets.
1: The Yankees do need an outfielder. That's an outfielder. That is an impact bat. It changes... It changes your team...
0: Drastically. Yeah, but... You don't need to go to Soto... Correct. To improve this team... You don't need to. To the point where you're like a World Series You don't
1: need to. Is there a package you could put together? Like... You give... I like Glaber. Glaber's having a good year, but... You give up Glaber. You give up a Dominguez, and then a Volpe, or a Peraza, and then whatever else. You have to keep one. If you can somehow keep one, and give them whatever else they want.
0: Now, because you're kind of clogged with the DJ, IKF thing anyway. I know you love Soto, but I just don't think, like, that... Like, that doesn't just... It doesn't drive me crazy. Like, I don't think... No, I agree. I just... I just think you're inviting... You're doing... I feel like... But this is how I felt when the Stanton
1: thing happened. It's like finding when, a
0: roach in your kitchen and burning the house down.
1: After 2017, I started dreaming of like, hey, what if the Yankees trade it for Stanton?
0: And no one... Everyone thought that was crazy. And then they did it. And it hasn't worked, really. What do you he's mean it been, hasn't right, worked? He's been pretty good, but it's like, what do we have to show for it? Not much. Well, it's not the fault of Stanton.
1: Yeah. Stanton has carried
0: this team in the postseason the past 2 years. But we said it a million times like is he the reason why we didn't get Harper? Would the roster have been better the last few years with Judge Harper back-to-back?
1: But that's it. That's Cashman being a cheapo. Well, I'm saying you can't is, like, tell me we did, we couldn't have Harper and Stanton. Some
0: of the reasons why the Yankees are so much better than we expected this year is not because of the big names they brought in, but rather because of the balance on this roster and like what is being what's coming out of players that were underrated by other teams. So like instead of just blowing your load on a player that you have to pay $500 million to and give up your whole farm system, get the marginal improvement over Joey Gallo in left field or do so, bring someone in who's giving you something but that you players, don't have on the roster right but now. But here's the instead players you brought like, in bat. But the players they brought in haven't
1: really been good. Like ICAF hasn't been good. Josh Donaldson's been pretty much terrible. Joey Gallo but that, knows. I
0: agree. That's what I'm saying. It's so like they've but made Donaldson, those moves. But those moves are the moves that they're like selling you on what the team's good. But that's not why the team is good. No. Okay. Why is the team good? For a lot of reasons. But mostly it's a lot of the pitching staff. A lot of the – just a lot of the – It's also balance. judge. They've cut down on judge outs. being an MVP. Sure. It's Glaber returning to form. And you're the one sitting here saying we should trade Glaber for for Soda. Well, I mean, it's not even a... I would trade Glaber in a heartbeat for Soda. Are you kidding me? I See, I wouldn't because, again, I don't think that... I just don't think that... Glaber's not even ha- half the player Soda. The basically. net benefit is more than just, like, Soda statistics on your team. I just don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be like that. So I'd rather... Like, I would honestly rather see what we could do over Gallo or over Hicks to move them to a fourth outfield position, but I'm looking for someone who's, like, maybe going to bat towards the bottom of the lineup and just not be a black hole down there. Which, realistically, if everyone stays healthy, that's all you need. Bat-intendi is great. Then he could bat the top of the lineup. That'd be cool. Good defense, little speed. I mean, that's probably where they're going to go. I mean, someone like that's good. Good, lot of on base, lot and of And honestly, contact. you're right. I mean, that's what
1: this team needs. The team does not need Juan Soto in any way. Is Juan Soto much better? Yes, the, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so like you're giving up your entire farm system for him. Sure. And I don't want to do that. I don't care about the farm system. Not a single one of our prospects
0: is ever going to turn into Juan Soto. If, if the Nationals call up Jason Dominguez at age 21, and we're going to let Soto walk and Judge might not get re-signed, and well, we've lost the entire farm system, you're going to feel like you're going to regret it. Well, that's why, like, if you're a cashman, that's
1: why you don't make the move. Because, like, it's too risky. Because, like, if you bring in Soto, and you're like, well, we're just bringing him for the next two years, and we're going to win some a championship or two. Well, then you better sign Judge. And if Judge walks and Soto walks... Then you're fucked. And you gave up your prospects. I agree. Like, then you're... So, I mean...
0: And you're in a position where, like... This is the guy who didn't sign Harper and Machado. Like if he wanted to go out and blow his entire load on Soto, yeah. He could have had 3 years already with like the best roster baseball has ever seen. Soto I think does put you in a category like you're head and shoulders above the next best team. But you're still going to need to answer like a lot of questions on your pitching staff, a lot of questions in your bullpen, a lot of questions in your infield. So like you're just like not going to be able to address those issues.
1: Can we trade IKF straight up for Juan Soto? I'd do
0: that. <laughs> but, like, the value of Hicks at $7 million and Soto at $35 million. But you're not paying Soto $35 million. Right now. Okay. You will in two years. But you're not. Maybe. You you're might not yet. You have to. Okay. You, it's probably 45, to be honest with you. I don't care. You. I'll pay Soto $45. i will pay Judge 40 With inflation. I could spend all house money. There's no rules that says we can't spend all of the money. George
1: Steinbrenner would have Juan Soto and Pinstrip. Oh, mom's calling, you wanna answer? Sure.
0: Hey mom. Hey. What's up? Do you think you could come over for five minutes? When? As soon as you can. What do you need? The dress them and the drawers. Um, we're recording our podcast. Well, later would we'll be okay. Mmm, alright, I'll call you right back. Alright, bye.
1: Bye. Alright. What the fuck? Why are you calling her again? It was That's it for for the squid Sports.
0: Alright, we'll talk later.